Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have snippets from the recent Ringo Starr press conference held at the Casino Rama in Ontario, where they had been rehearsing. Ringo is out on tour with his 2022 edition of his all-star band, which includes Edgar Winter, who is a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter and record producer best known for his song Free Ride and the rock instrumental Frankenstein. Colin Hay, who is a singer-songwriter, guitarist, and actor. He is currently a solo performer, but is best known as the lead vocalist of the band Men at Work, who had hits with Who Can It Be Now and Overkill. Steve Lukather, who is a guitarist, singer, songwriter, arranger, session musician, and record producer. He is best known as a founding member of the rock band Toto. They had hits such as Hold the Line in Africa. Hamish Stewart is a guitarist, bassist, singer, composer, record producer, and an original member of the average white band. They had hits such as Cut the Cake and Pick Up the Pieces. Also included in the band are Warren Ham, who was a vocalist, saxophonist, and flautist, best known for playing with Kansas and Toto, but he also played with many others as well. And Greg Bissonette, who is a drummer and has played with acts as diverse as Brian Setzer, the Doobie Brothers, David Lee Roth, and Barry Manilow. He has also contributed to over 150 albums. Ringo and his all-star band will be at the Providence Performing Arts Center on June 12th. The show is just about sold out, but you may still be able to find a ticket at ppacri.org. I attended this press conference via Zoom, like many press people did, from all over the U.S. and abroad. Just a few people were allowed to be there in person. The questions came from multiple news outlets, both in person and online. Here I will give you a synopsis of the question and play the answer from each member where appropriate. The band was asked how it feels to be getting back on the road after two years. Ringo answers. Two and a half years has been really difficult. I love to play, as you can tell. I put the old stars together 32 years ago, and you know I was in a couple of bands before that. <laughs> and uh, you know, for me, that's what it's all about—is playing and having an audience. And you know, a long time ago, I mean, we'd, we'd play weddings, we'd play anywhere we could, just so we could play as a band. And it was really, you know, the first time anyone had to go through this. I mean, and I was so crazy. In 2019, we played a tour, and then February of 2020, I was getting ready for the tour in in May, and, uh, and then by early March, it all gone. And I was on the internet telling everybody, I know we said we were coming May, June, but you know, there's this thing's happening, this weird thing, but I'll see you next year, because who knew? And then next year came, and it didn't happen again. And so, you know, I've missed four tours, and I've really missed these guys. I love to play live, and I love to play with great musicians, and I got a crowd of them right here on stage with me. But it wasn't easy every day. I remember the days when, like, the tour date came up, and I'd be like, oh, down, you know, I want to be out. But you can't go out, you know? And I'm still, to this day, carrying my, not the same one, mind you, (laughs) my mask. And that's what we do. We have to help each other. But yeah, it's been pretty weird. Steve Lukather added. Just great to be back playing again, man. After two and a half years at home, I was lucky to be out working earlier this year. Just to be back on the road playing music again. And I love every single one of these guys here. We're all old friends. And this is the greatest cat in the world right here. 
So I'm very excited and honored to be here. Hammer Stewart adds. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, it's been very strange. I mean, this is playing live is the, the lifeblood of what we do. It's like, as long as I can remember, I echo exactly what, what Ringo was saying. It's just getting out and playing music with other people. And, and it's great. We'd, we'd been, we did 2019 and I was, we were all looking forward to the springtime and getting back to it again, but it didn't happen. That's why it's great to be back at it now. Greg Bissonette adds. Yeah, for myself, I'm sure I speak for a lot of the guys too. We love recording and making recordings, but there's nothing like playing in front of a live audience. You, you give, like Ringo says, you give love and they, they give love right back. So this is so great that we're back doing it again. Edgar Winter adds. I'm just thankful. I would love to play with Ringo at any time, but especially now, I've just been for the last three years haven't really touched my horn and it, it's it's been really i was able to record an album a tribute to to my brother johnny and if it weren't for this guy here i wouldn't be able to uh, be on the road uh, so thank you ringo i i just i'm so happy to be back and able to play to to do what i most love to do and see body everybody out there rocking and having a great time so get ready to rock and roll <laughs> colin hayes says i think there's a lot of different elements to what we do we try and come up with songs we write songs and then we go into the studio and record them but if you don't get a chance to go out and play them live, there's always something really missing. So you have an audience and there's an energy that happens when there's an audience there and it's like creates this circle and it's just, it's a kind of, it's a particular kind of high that you can't get from anything else. And so when you don't have that for a couple of years, you really miss it. So that's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. Warren Ham. Yeah, it's been sort of like suspended animation for the last two and a half years or so, just kind of hung up there and... You know, the way the music business has changed so much in the last few years, playing live is one of the main ways that musicians not only connect with the audience, but actually make a living. Well, it's that. just great to be back doing it again, you know, and uh, thankful for that. Ringo went on to say, yeah. I think we're all really glad we're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you got that message. It's, uh, it's what we do. A question was asked about the Beatles documentary, Get Back, and how it may bring in new audiences for this coming tour. Ringo answers. A lot of people watch that uh, documentary, and I loved it anyway. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll show some interest. Uh, but, you know, we all have our core fans. <laughs> They'll be coming. And what I've noticed with uh, Ringo and the All-Stars is that when, we first, when I first started, a lot of, of the audience was sort of my age. And over the years, it's got younger, you know? You see less of me of that age and uh, the kids are coming in and the documentary I, you know just because brought it up I thought was so great and Peter Jackson did a great job I mean I was a bit stunned at first because if you thought it'd be a two-hour show <laughs> it's, a, no, no, it's six hours <laughs> but easy to to watch you know even if you weren't in the band it's an easy documentary to watch because you you can watch two hours of tea you know, watch another two hours every dinner, whatever. And he, it was just so great. Ringo went on to say about the Beatles documentary, Get Back. I remembered quite a lot of it. I, you know, it was we made other records and it sort of went through the same cycle. But the difference with the Get Back was that we had no songs to start. John and Paul would always have a couple of songs so we could start the ball rolling. 
and there we didn't. But the only thing I was gasping and desperate for is when we did get back. If you look at all the early sort of getting it together, it's just like straight rock, you know, get back, get back. And I wanted to know what made me, where, what, how did I get to that rock shuffle thing, you know, just playing the snare drum. And I thought, because I have no idea why I changed to that or what moment that was. I thought, oh, I'll see it on film. But just happened to, cameras were off when we did that. So it was really interesting. And, you know, the original documentary, I'm a bit chatty. Uh, the, the original documentary, I thought, I didn't ever liked it. It was, it was so narrow, it was on one point of a, an argument and all this down parts and I kept saying but we were laughing we were having fun as well and we played great and we did all this in a month and we had down and Michael Hindsey hugs I thought was just too down you know, I spoke to Peter I said man I was there there was lots of fun as well you know he certainly brought that out so we're ever grateful to, to Peter for doing such a great job thank you Ringo was asked what other documentaries he would like to have had made if it were possible. Well, I'd like to see uh, Eddie and the Cl Eddie Clayton group. That was the first band I was in. <laughs> the three of us worked in a factory, and we played in the basement of the workmen, who uh, in Liverpool really would shit all over us. <laughs> but that's where we started. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see that. And you know what? The other, the other side of that story, when we first do, did the also, very few cameras in the audience, and in the beach as we tried to do a documentary like five years ago of all the people who filmed us at the shows, the Beatles shows. Nobody filmed us. Yeah. You know, there's, there's like the press conference and things like that. But now I come on, we all come on, and half of the audience are like this, you know? That's the atmosphere for them now. And you have to go with it now. You know, there's one time we were on tour in the 90s, and uh, I saw a red light. And I thought, oh, they're filming, you know, someone's got a camcorder. And after a couple of songs, I thought, well, I don't want it all filmed. So I said, hey, turn that off. Uh, and it just happens to be a girl. She said, no. So I said, well, let me look at it this way. If you don't turn that off, I'm going off. What do you think about that, audience? <laughs> and the red light went. <laughs> yeah, so it's different now. And, you, you know, we move with the times. I mean, that's always been a musician's attitude to move with the time, you know. Love the audience then, love them now. Ringo was also asked about the importance of spreading the peace and love message. I do spread the message. I mean, you look at photos in the 60s, we're all doing this because we got really, we loved sort of 66 when flower power was coming in. It was such a change in those years. You know, people with flowers and loving each other. And, you know, there were a few bad moments like the Kent State and things like that. But uh, we just went right for it. It was like part of how we felt. And I keep doing it now. I do it. I can only have me do it. I mean, I can't, can't force anybody to be peace and loving. <laughs> Ringo talked about his feelings of rock and roll education for musicians. Just play, my advice. You know, I show old drummers, new drummers, new people who want to be drummers. If you can't do this, Two you're not going to be a drummer. Play piano. And if you do start playing, call your pals up and play with them and play in the kitchen, play in the garage. That's how garage band, but that was recording. Yeah, that's all I ever say. I mean, if you, and if you love it like I did, I just loved it. From 13, I wanted to be a drummer and I'm still drumming today, for God's sake. 
just get on with it. And, you know, you go to Berkeley, I can't read, he can read, he went there, you know what I mean? I can't read music, it's, a, it's always a jam for me. You've just got to learn the basics of the instruments, I always believe, and then make it yours. Edgar happened to make every instrument his. <laughs> he plays them all. It's very difficult for bands to start now. Most of the venues have gone. Clubs and, you know, the weddings, whatever. It's hard. And Dave Stewart and I had a, a dream a while back, several years. We'd written this movie script, and we wanted that all the proceeds, we were just going to buy clubs. And so in the, any town, anywhere. And so kids would have a chance to get up on a stage and have an audience you know, love them or boo them or whatever, but you've got to get that. You know, you know I think it's, it's a lot more difficult now. And also I'm a bit disgusted with big bands who make the opening band pay to play. Where's the help? There's no help. So, you know, they, they're making plenty. They could let somebody come on. Anyway, don't get me started. A few members were asked how it feels to play with Ringo and how it was to have recorded with him as well. Colin Hayes says... Well, I had this song called "Knowing in the Evermore, and, oh, yeah. uh, and, I always, <clears throat> and I always imagined Ringo playing on it. And so I thought, and I'd finished the song, and I thought, well, if he's going to play on it, I better ask him. <laughs> and so I said, will you play on this record? And he said, uh, he said, yeah, send it over. I sent him the song, and he played on it. And so for me, growing up, uh, loving the Beatles as much as we all did, which we all got this gift that keeps on giving. And so to have Ringo play on Now and the Evermore on my record, it's the first thing you hear on the record is an iconic drum fill by the great Ringo Starr. So it's, um, it's amazing for me. I'm very happy about that. Edgar Winter adds... Yeah, I should mention that uh, I have Sir Ringo on a track on my album, and it was very odd the way the whole thing came up. I was going to do Johnny Be Good. I used to sing it with, with Johnny, and, and he said, no, I don't think that's, that's that uh, traditional Chuck Berry. I don't know what I can bring to that. And what, what else have you got? And there's this really sensitive ballad that Johnny wrote, very uncharacteristic of anything that, that he would ever do. And Joe picked that song. He did a beautiful job playing guitar. And I had thought from the very beginning, I wonder if I could get Ringo to play on something. And finally, uh, I thought, well, Joe is on this track. And for those of you that like uh, Joe, uh, Walsh. Joe, Joe Walsh, uh, Ringo is married to the lovely Barbara Bach and her sister uh, Marjorie is married to Joe. So they're brothers-in-law. And I thought, well, since Joe's on this track, it would be great to have them together. And then finally I worked up the nerve to ask him. I, and I called you up and you Edgar, I'll do it for you. And, and I just... I, just touched my heart and I thank you so much for it and I thought well it's a ballad so all those classic Ringo feels it'll give you a chance to do that then we got Michael McDonald to do a, a beautiful uh, vocal so you look at that like Ringo Starr Joe Walsh and Michael McDonald is a pretty interesting people uh-huh. Ringo adds you know I've just got to say about that I'm on like 20 people's records, maybe even more over the last two and a half years, because they just send the files now to my studio, and I, my engineer knows how to make a noise with them. <laughs> I don't even know how to turn the studio on, but I have one. And I played, you know, 
Ray Riley Hubbard, I'm on one of his, and Sheila Ree, and you know, a mixed bag, which was being great for me in the pandemic, that uh, I was asked to play on, on all these records, and, and different styles, different, you know, attitudes. So, I mean, overall, musically, you know, I've been compensating a lot. They were asked about the evolution of music in their lives. Ringo answers. You know, we were lads when we started and, you know, as it went on, we had wives and children and, and we'd stopped touring and made great records. Not that we didn't make good records while we were touring. I loved every audience, you know, imagine being in that crowd. And we all played well together and we got on with each other. That's just how it was. And it's like it came to a point eight years later. I mean, that blows me away. We did all that in eight years. It was time to leave. I, I do believe, though, if, you know, John, God rest his soul, was still with us, he'd be like Paul. He's on the road. Paul's on, I'm on the road. He'd be on the road. Whether we'd be all together, we don't know. <laughs> but, and George, too. You know, that's what we came from. Clubs and pubs. I think the, the playing is important, and that band was the best move. I don't know if I even answered you. It's so emotional. I think oh, what do you think, Luke? It's is perfect, yeah. About yourself. Yeah. Steve Lukather added, The Beatles rule. That's the end of this. That's all I got to say. It blows my mind I'm actually here. Colin Hay went on to say, Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that was the real blueprint for, for everything that came after. I mean, there's been lots of incredible musicians, incredible bands, but, but there was just something about the Beatles that there was, for me, there was the Beatles and then there was everybody else. Yeah. And so I feel particularly, personally, I feel grateful for the fact that I've been able to have a life in music which started then and you you play in bands and bands are kind of strange things the dynamics between people and bands come and go but to be able to just keep going and to keep moving forward and to actually not spend too much time looking back but to just be in the present and keep going well this is this is a song for today and you still have an audience and if you can still attract an audience if people want to come and see you they want something from you you know they want to come along and they want to really enjoy themselves and they they want what you have to give. So there's nothing really better than that, I don't think. Warren Ham went on to say. Yeah, I just think that, you know, my philosophy is that thing, it, everything turns out the way it's supposed to turn out, you know, and for all the bands that I've been through and everything, you know, it, 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 it changes when it's supposed to change and you move on to, you know, hopefully greater things, you know, and, and I've played in many, many, uh, with many great people, you know, I could, I got a long list. This is the ultimate for me, I, I honestly can say. I just believe that all things come to an end at some point, but it's, you know, th things happen for a reason, you know, and that's how bands move on and go on to other things. Say a few magical words, Edgar. Okay. Well, I was heartbroken when, when the Beatles broke up, but from personal experience, and uh, it's not easy to keep a band together. When people... Well, uh, this probably wasn't the case with with the Beatles. Everybody wanted to they they felt like uh, they wanted to pursue their own personal careers. Uh, is what happened in 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 my band, and I I just think that it is such a deep and close personal relationship that exists in in a band. You just look at all the great stuff that has happened with you know, 
all the great records, you know, the, all the Beatles songs were amazing. And the things that everybody did, that Paul did, uh, that George did, that Ringo has done, uh, great success for, and, and John, I mean, they all have had great careers and solo albums of their own. So I, I was just, like I said, it was, it was just the, what was meant to be. I don't see how it could have been any other way. Amy, so. Yeah, well, uh, I came from a family of singers, my mother and my father were both singers and my grandmother and uh, I could, that was always there and I took some piano lessons two or three grades and then everything changed <laughs> Ringo and the guys appeared on the scene and that's like get a guitar and I, I, I got together with uh, another friend who already had a guitar and started to learn your tunes that was it that's how, that's how I started off and then you know I get I understand the shelf life of a band when you start from nothing when you're just kids and, and you go in and you want to get out there and play and as you get older your life changes and your responsibilities change and you meet people you meet the, maybe the woman that you're going to settle down with whatever and everything everybody's lives start to get different I guess you become an adult the, the teenage thing kind of stretches on when you're in a band because you have that kind of camaraderie and that silly stuff that goes on in all bands. And then it just kind of, uh, it changes. And it had to change, I guess. Greg? Unfortunately. Yeah, for well, us, it does. Greg? I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't be a musician if it weren't for Ringo and the Beatles. And uh, my dad was a jazz drummer in Detroit, not far from here. And we went to Olympia Hockey Arena where the Red Wings played. And he said, kids, we're going to see the Beatles tomorrow night. And my brother and I just flipped out. A few years ago, we were near there. And I mentioned to Ringo that it was a few blocks away. And he said, well, let's kind of check out where that area is. And I said, it's not even a, an arena anymore. But that started me going. Being in the same room and hearing that music and hearing Ringo's groove, I would come home every day after school and put on the headphones and my record player and just want to play along with him and try to get in that pocket. Now every night, five feet away, as a drummer, you know, I get to look at his bass drum pedal and his snare and I try to get in that Ringo pocket, that swing. And he's given drummers that swing feel, whether you call it that he got it from Cozy Cole or the big bands, that swing, that pocket, there's nothing like it. And what an honor, greatest gig of my life ever. And I hope it goes for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> the band was asked what inspires them to continue to play music and to create new music. Well, I think I was inspired at 13 and that has never left me, the dream and the joy. And I, then I started playing. I only ever wanted to be a drummer from 13. And then I got a kid of drums and I was in a couple of really good bands. It's still there. I love to play. To backtrack, my mother at this great line, you know, we're in these Liverpool bands and that and playing down home. <laughs> and she'd say, you know what, son? I never, you know, I always feel you're at your happiest when you're playing. And deep inside I am. You know what I mean? I just love it to play with these guys, you know, the other guys too, but you know, now we're playing with these guys. It's just great. You know, the continuation is great. People saying, well, you know, what about retirement? Well, I'm a musician. I don't have to retire. You know, as long as I can pick up those sticks, I got a gig. You know, I may be playing the blues <laughs> later, but that's how it is. I just love it. And I think you've heard everybody mention it's just part of us. 
you know, we're players. Anyone else want to talk? Steve Lukather added, After two years of forced retirement, it's great to... Yeah. Found out retirement really sucks, in our line of work, anyway. Colin Hayes says, well, The idea of retiring is frightening, really. I mean, you know, you, you have breakfast, there's a lot of hours in the day, you know, so, <laughs> you know... To play music during the day and that initial inspiration you had when you were young to play music, it never, it never leaves you. That, that stays with you, thankfully. I mean, maybe it's not the same for everybody, but, you know, I still feel the same way. You just get ideas and you start to play and you start to, you know, record things and get to play with other people in the same room. And there's, there's nothing, really nothing better than that I can't think of. Ringo went on to say... I think, you know, a lot of kids, we all started and, you know, endless kids still starting today, but some of them who just carry on because they just want to play, you know, and the others didn't get a TV show and they get a job in a factory, whatever. I mean, I just came in reverse from a factory to this, and this is, I promise you, much better. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar added, I can't imagine doing anything else. I started when I was four years old. Johnny and I started playing together, and everybody in our family was musical. My dad played guitar and banjo and played alto sax in a swing band in his youth, and my mother played piano, beautiful classical piano. And my dad, he had a barbershop quartet that would come over to the house and sing. And <laughs> I thought everybody, I thought everybody played. Uh, it was a rude awakening when we started to try to put together bands with our friends around the neighborhood. And I said, yeah, what, your daddy didn't show you no chords or nothing? You know, what's going on? Then I said, oh, this is like, everybody doesn't do this. Because it was just like in our family. I'm going to be playing, never hear Edgar Winter talking about a farewell tour. I'm going down kicking and screaming. <laughs> I, I, just, you know, to have the opportunity to play with so many great musicians. I mean, I never dreamed that I would even get to meet these people, much less share the stage with, with so many incredible, talented musicians. It means the world to me. And I, it doesn't matter if it's Madison Square Garden or the club down the street on the corner, I'm going to be playing. Ringo mentioned... I have the rule, if three people turn up, we play. Finally, Ringo was asked about his song, Let's Change the World. Change the world, you know, for me, it, it says everything. It's what I'm about, change into, for peace and love. But it was written by him and an, is another band member of his yeah, in his Joseph band, Williams, yeah. uh, Joe Williams. You know, there's we a new EP. I'm just plugging my new EP now. That, and there's a track on it, Let's Be Friends. Let's be friends, you know, and let's change the world and let's be peace and loving. It's always up, up, up. Calm me down. <laughs> Wait till they hear your street rap record. Oh, well, I've done a street rap gangster. record. I haven't. Ringo really. goes gangster. <laughs> the man was asked if they were ready for the tour and how they were feeling about going out on the road. Tomorrow night we'll be ready, but I'm going to let someone else talk about it. Uh, Colin. Well, today's, today's been very good. We just, we just had a run through this morning, and it feels right. pretty awesome, I reckon. But just having a couple of days rehearsal, so we'll be ready for the gig. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Okie dokie. I hope you enjoyed hearing bits from Ringo Starr's press conference. Ringo and his all-star band will be at the Providence Performing Arts Center on June 12th. Again, the show is just about sold out, but you may be able to find a ticket at ppacri.org. Don't miss your chance to see a Beatle and experience a show that is truly a lot of fun. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Grace Ale Brewing of Rhode Island and SE Microphones. Thanks for listening. Thank you.